Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz, and you are on America's Web Radio, part of America's Broadcast Network. Each week we have you come into the Doctor's Lounge and learn about the healthcare issues that you need to know about so that you can be armed with the information that you need to fight for your healthcare freedom. This show is brought to you by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. Docs for Patient Care Foundation is the only physician-led healthcare think tank in the country, operated by doctors who are in active medical practice every day, who know the issues in healthcare and help bring these issues to you and share the information with you. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is all about the doctor-patient relationship and fighting for healthcare freedom for Americans all around the country. So please give generously to the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. You can find us at www.d4, that's the number four, d4pcfoundation.org. We need your help, we need your support, so we can continue to bring shows like this to you each week. Before I uh, get into the meat of the show, I just want to acknowledge the events of yesterday in Washington, D.C., which were tragic. It's gotten to the point where we can't have any kind of discourse without this kind of uh, fear of uh, repercussions uh, for people who disagree with the uh, things that that uh, people uh, are thinking these days, and I and I certainly uh, hope they come to an end. And we wish um, uh, Congressman Scalise um, a, a speedy and rapid recovery. Uh, this uh, topic that we're going to talk about today is probably a little bit in the weeds, and we're going to try to bring this to. Uh, to a level that people will understand it and uh, and and realize why it's very important for them to understand about what we're going to talk about today, which is certificate of need. Um, what is certificate of need? What what why should that even matter to you? Yesterday in the Wall Street Journal, I had a piece in there that uh, um, ran. A couple of days ahead of a meeting that uh, the Docs for Patient Care Foundation is going to be putting on in Washington, D.C. tomorrow, um, this is going to bring together people who are working in this area, trying to uh, develop uh, uh, a uh, a strategy and shared experiences so that we can try to uh, put an end to what is probably one of the most onerous uh, laws that is uh, uh, responsible for health care costs being as high as they are. And I'll, we'll get more into that with our special guest this morning. My guest is uh, an academic this morning. It's uh, someone who has uh, done a lot of work in certificate of need, somebody who I admire greatly for the writings that he has done. I've relied on a lot of this for many of the opinion pieces that I've written and and uh, some of the talks that I've given as well. Um, the uh, bulk of the academic research that's being done in certificate of need work comes out of the uh, Mercatus Center at George Mason University in Virginia. And uh, the uh, professors there, the scholars there, have uh, really done a yeoman's job at uh, looking at the uh, claims 
that proponents for certificate of need have put out there, and they've debunked all of those claims. Um, nobody better than our guest this morning, uh, Matthew Mitchell, who is a um, an adjunct uh, professor at George Mason University. Um, he is a scholar at uh, the at the uh, Mercatus Center, and uh, and he has uh, written in the Wall Street Journal, in Washington Post, in the New York Times, and other places in addition to the great work that appears on the Mercatus website and I encourage everyone to go to Mercatus Center and uh, look up Matthew Mitchell and the work that the other scholars at uh, the uh, Mercatus Center have done in certificate of need work and also other um, uh, free market topics. So without any further ado, Matt, welcome into the Doctor's Lounge. Matt, you with us? Okay, we have a little technical glitch. Is he with us now? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, now we can hear you. Yeah. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Well, thanks for being with us this morning, Matt. And, um, you know, I think that this is a topic that we're going to discuss today, certificate of need, that... Um, I think needs to be developed a little bit, and that's why this is a great show because we can um, chat about things, develop the topic, and then kind of get a little bit into some of the minutia. And so, and so, why don't you um, explain to the people listening what certificate of need is and why they should be concerned about it? Sure. Uh, so first of all, I, I would be remiss if I didn't recommend your article in the Wall Street Journal uh, yesterday uh, on the topic. It does as good a job as I think any uh, writing I've seen in well, explaining you. what it is in, and what its consequences are uh, in fewer than 700 words. So uh, I really commend it. Thank uh, you so much. To your listeners. Um, so the Certificate of Need is a law that uh, the first time I... Uh, heard about it, and I suspect this is true of many people, uh, I, I couldn't believe it existed because it just sort of seems so silly that something like this would exist. Um, so, uh, first of all, let me back up and note that if you look at the um, this, both the statements of policymakers and the platforms of the two major parties, both of them identify access to health care um, in recent years as one of the most important uh, goals of any sort of health care reform, of any sort of health policy. Getting people uh, access to high-quality care is really a no-brainer. Um, so what is a Certificate of Need Law? Well, a Certificate of Need Law is a law that is found in 35 states in the District of Columbia. And it says that if you want to open a health care facility, if you want to add a hospital bed, an MRI machine, or a CT scanner, if you want to open a burn care unit or a neonatal intensive care unit, uh, it covers about up to some states have required certificates of need for all these things for for up to something like 39, 40 different procedures. Others are just a few procedures. But if you want to expand or offer a new healthcare facility, what you need to do is go before a board and uh, convince them that your community needs the service or the product you are hoping to offer. Now, in the process of convincing them that you uh, should get the certificate of need, they will not ask you about your qualifications, your 
uh, quality record, your safety record, all of that is regulated through other processes, uh, board certification and the like. Instead, the certificate of need process is simply designed to assess whether your community wants the service or not. Now, in 99.9% of all other markets, that type of a question is answered by consumers who either um, favor a uh, service offer with their dollars or don't. And the viability, you know, the economic viability of a product is determined based on market forces. Now, in healthcare, um, in these 35 states, the boards will attempt to determine whether the community needs the product. And if you, you the provider, are trying to convince them that your community needs it, you can expect to spend tens, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, and three, four, five years trying to convince the board that your service is needed. In the process, the board will solicit the opinion of your would-be competitors, people who are already in the business. And they can go before the board and submit um, both written documentation and sometimes in some states they can go and testify and make arguments as to why all things being considered, they would prefer not to have any competitors. So it's really a pretty extraordinary um, type of rule. Uh, it's one that antitrust officials in the Department of Justice and the Federal Trade Commission have long opposed. In fact, they go uh, before state uh, legislators and make the case that these rules are blatantly anti-competitive. It's one that um, most economists that have studied the issue uh, oppose and say are anti-competitive. Um, and yet it's an issue, uh, you know, a, a policy that I think is rarely discussed and rarely acknowledged, and in part because it's sort of a complicated, um, you know, arcane regulatory rule, and, you know, the people who really know about it are the incumbent firms, the hospitals, uh, that tend to benefit from it, and so they are the ones who, uh, whenever it's discussed in a state that, you know, maybe we should get rid of the certificate need law, those hospitals put all the political pressure they can to try to maintain it. Now, the the reason why the hospitals prevail is because they are, in many um, municipalities, one of the largest employers in that area, and they control the Chamber of Commerce, and they very often have uh, people who work for them who sit in uh, state legislatures. Isn't that correct? Yes, that's absolutely right. And um, there's a phenomenon in political economy, economists, uh, refer to the problem of concentrated benefits and diffused costs. And what this refers to is the fact that many policies benefit, you know, a select small group of people, but they impose costs on a wide and diffuse group of people. And even if you can show through economic analysis and data that the costs outweigh the benefits, the fact that the benefits are concentrated on so few while the costs are dispersed across so many tends to put the political balance in favor of the few because it's much easier to organize one or two hospitals uh, than it is to organize one or two million consumers. Uh, and chances are, as I said before, the consumers probably don't even know that these um, laws exist or that they are standing in the way of their access to health care. 
So for the benefit of uh, people who have no idea what we're talking about, can you um, uh, briefly explain how this even got started? Yeah. Um, so it began in the uh, 1960s. Uh, I, New York was the first state to adopt a certificate of need law. Um, and it and actually Matt, began- we have one minute, so just let's let's you know hold that. Um, sure. And and what we'll do is we'll we'll get into the the uh, history of this, and then what I'd like to do is get into some of the um, the uh, um, reasons why the uh, the hospitals can have uh, given for the perpetuation of this, and then talk about some of the Mercatus research that uh, much of which you have done that has debunked all of these uh, these so called uh, uh, rationales for continuation of certificate of need. That so, sounds great. So we'll get back uh, with our guest, uh, Matthew Mitchell, when we uh, return into the doctor's lounge. Stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Coming soon, only on americasbroadcastnetwork.com. The Insurance Deal. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We're back in the doctor's lounge. My guest this morning is Matthew Mitchell, uh, senior research fellow and uh, the director of the project for the study of American capitalism at the Mercatus Center at George Mason University. We were talking about certificate of need. That's what this show is about today and why this should matter to you. So, Matt, please uh, let's let's continue. How did this start? Yeah, so it grew out of the 1960s and 70s. Um, it, uh, New York was the first state to implement a certificate of need law, but uh, and a few others joined over the next few years. But the real impetus was a 1974 federal statute called the National Health Planning and Resources Development Act. Um, now, the interesting thing about this statute is um, you read the first couple pages and it becomes really clear that the goal here was to really correct for previous policy uh, or what, what Congress believed to be their own mistakes, previous policy mistakes. So the first couple lines talk about of the uh, National Health Planning and Resource Development Act talk about how um, federal policies have led to health care price inflation. Uh, so health care price inflation was a concern 40 years ago just as it is today. Uh, and they felt that uh, federal control and dollars involved in health care and then uh, certain policies uh, such as um, the uh, exclusion of employer-provided health insurance 
and it had created third-party payer problems and basically led to too much spending. And so uh, they came up with this idea of withholding federal uh, matching funds to states that did not implement certificate of need laws. And so uh, over the next few years, basically every state but Louisiana uh, implemented certificate of need laws in order to make sure that they got it. They maintained access to these federal dollars. Um, in the 1980s, uh, as evidence mounted that these policies were counterproductive, didn't seem to achieve the goals set out in the, um, the federal act, and as Medicare changed some of its reimbursement policies, they used to have a policy of basically it was known as cost plus reimbursement, where they would reimburse um, hospitals for whatever expenses they had, um, and instead uh, uh, came to a, a slightly better uh, reimbursement formula. Um, as that happened, Congress decided to repeal the federal act. Uh, and then over the course of the next couple decades, uh, 15 states um, have now repealed their certificate of need laws. Uh, and that's very helpful from the scientific perspective because now we can compare what's going on in the states that have uh, certificate of need laws and what's going on in the states that don't have them. Okay, so so claims have been made by proponents of certificate of need, the the hospitals and the other entrenched interests that benefit from this um, um, market uh, uh, advantage of having monopolies in their in their cities around the country, they've used um, arguments um, at the uh, at the legislative level at the states um, uh, to uh, continue the uh, certificate of need laws and prevent the opponents who wish to see these laws uh, repealed. So can you go through some of their arguments, and let's talk about the research that you've done that has really um, disproved all of the arguments. There's not one single argument that has been made that has been um, substantiated. Yeah, that's right. So um, a lot of this goes back to that that federal statute, uh, which again laid out about five or six different goals. Um, some of which are sort of counter, just sort of obviously uh, unlikely to be met. So one of the goals is to uh, increase access to, to health care. Uh, well, it seems odd that a uh, limit on uh, the provision of health care or a supply limit would ever increase access. Uh, and sure enough, um, research conducted um, by my colleagues, but also by economists over the last several decades has found uh, no, states that have certificate of need laws um, seem to be associated with fewer hospitals, with fewer ambulatory surgical centers, with fewer dialysis clinics, with fewer hospice care centers. Um, it's also associated with fewer hospital beds uh, and decreased access to things like CT scanners, MRI machines, um, and PET scans. Uh, residents in con states are more likely to have to travel uh, out of uh, the county in search of medical care and tend to drive further in order to get medical care. So um, the idea that restricting the supply of care will somehow increase the supply of care, not surprisingly, uh, has uh, been relatively uh, soundly refuted by when, the when, when, when people are actually making these arguments, I mean, it, doesn't it seem ridiculous how do they even give these give these arguments uh, how do they how do they um, 
uh, justify backing these arguments and doing it straight faced. It's so yeah. It, the, when I when I submitted the article uh, to the Wall Street Journal and gave this as an excuse, I had to explain to the editor that no, this is this is real. This is not. Yeah, real th- people think this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think probably uh, one of the most common arguments I run into is this idea of, um, okay, yes, we know that we're creating a monopoly, um, but by doing that, what we're doing is we're allowing the hospitals that have a monopoly to be a little bit more profitable, and then we can direct them to do things that we want. So, for example, uh. perhaps by giving them a monopoly we can uh, encourage charity care. We can encourage them to offer care, uh, uncompensated care. I see. Um, or they'll say, maybe what we can do is, uh, by doing this, we'll stop the low cost, uh, uh, we'll stop people from skimming away some of the higher paying uh, patients or the mm-hmm. better insured patients. I see. So they'll use a phrase called... Uh, Cherry picking. Skimming. Yes, yes. <laughs> And so the idea there is, um, you know, they'll say that the ambulatory surgery centers and the like, they come in and they poach, uh, you know, the high-paying, well-insured patients away from hospitals, particularly urban hospitals, they'll argue, and therefore leaving the urban hospitals with the patients that are less likely to be insured. Okay, so uh, so certificate of need, so certificate of need, states then clearly do more charity work, right? Well, yes, uh, uh, that's what you would expect to find in the data if that argument were true, um, and uh, that does not show up in the data. It turns out that there is no greater incidence of charity care in states that are certificate need states relative to states that are not. So, so how do they get away with this? Well, I think um, the argument, perhaps the, the cream skimming argument, is somewhat plausible. Um, you know, I, I think it's in a, it's. It's not a theory that on its face is totally crazy. Um, it does go against other theories, uh, which suggest that if you limit supply, uh, you know, you're going to limit access to care. Um, so the, the real answer is found in the data. Um, and I think that, to be honest, a lot of um, policymakers uh, just aren't interested in getting into the weeds in the data. And when they, they're sitting across the table from a hospital association representative, um, you know, they don't, who who frankly knows the issue pretty well, uh, and they often have zero, nobody that is coming in and and taking the side of consumers or would-be competitors because, um, you know, the odds are just stacked against them. So I think it's not entirely surprising that they win. One of the arguments that that, uh, has been... uh, explained and looked at by um, the Mercatus Center that has been used as justification for the Certificate of Need laws, which I'd like you to uh, expand on also, Matt. The, um, the, the hospitals, the proponents, claim that if you have Certificate of Need laws, then you ensure enhanced care and access in rural communities. Mm-hmm. How is that even? Explain that logic and and how they how they make that case and how that's you know, just just not been the case. 
Yeah, um, it's basically the same sort of argument. Uh, it's just applied to, you know, you can substitute rural for, uh, you know, general communities. And the basic idea is, um, you know, that if you allow small-time ambulatory surgery centers, these are, these are clinics that you can walk in and, and walk out uh, after getting knee surgery or something like that. Uh, you typically don't stay long. Um, that somehow this is going to going to skim away, cream skim all the high high paying, high well insured people. Um, but you know we find that states which typically need laws not only have fewer hospitals and fewer ambulatory surgery centers in general, they also have fewer rural hospitals and fewer rural ambulatory surgery centers. Uh, so it it just doesn't uh, it doesn't stack up. And this is a, a particularly. Um, uh, damaging uh, pr- issue uh, it's 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 harmful to patients because yeah. rural rural care in America is um, really a significant issue and people are often traveling hundreds of miles often out of state to That's get right. to get care aren't they yeah and let, let me tell you a, little, a story that I think really encapsulates it so uh, you know I and other economists are often um, convinced by big data sets and well-constructed uh, econometric models that are, uh, you know, show statistically significant results. But sometimes just a, a single story can capture it better than, uh, you know, a thousand pages of regression analysis. Uh, so let me tell you this story. Um, there is a uh, rural community in southwest uh, Virginia where there is a hospital named Lewis Gale. Uh, and Lewis Gale has applied for a number of years for uh, a certificate of need for a neonatal intensive care unit. And for a number of years, that uh, request has been denied. A few years ago, uh, a mother shows up at the hospital in premature labor. Um, there are complications. The baby is born. They need to transport, they have no neonatal intensive care unit, so they need to transport the baby to the nearest uh, facility. They lack a certificate of need for the ambulance to transport uh, a baby with complications to the nearest facility. So they have to ask the facility to send their own ambulance. They do, uh, and by the time the ambulance arrives, unfortunately the baby had died. Now, Lewis Gale put this in their app, one of their applications. They noted this in one of their applications for certificate of need. This was not found to be convincing evidence that the community needs the service in question. So, you know, we can talk about the fact that certificate of need laws don't decrease spending, that they don't increase access to care, that they don't increase the number of hospital beds or any of that stuff. The fact of the matter is they stand in the way of people's access to care that they need and that they want. Unbelievable. You know, these are the things that, uh, that we, our side does such a bad job of, um, of articulating the stories that really um, that underscore what the problem is. You know, we talk about statistics and, and uh, we talk about data and facts, but it's really the personal stories that that right. uh, that really hit home. And and uh, right. this is this is this is the problem. This is why people need to need to uh, be 
be uh, uh, involved in this. This is why they need to understand this. And this is why we're going to be putting on this conference tomorrow in Washington, which I'll, I'll um, get into a little bit. And, and we're so excited that Mer- the Mercatus Center is participating in this conference uh, in, in Washington uh, on uh, strategy to combat certificate of need. And we'll get into this in the next segment when you return with us in the doctor's lounge. Stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Coming soon, only on AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. The Insurance Deal. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. We've been talking with Matthew Mitchell from the Mercatus Center about Certificate of Need and why this is an important issue to you, how this is hurting you, how it is making health care less available and more expensive. Um, Matt, I think that before I talk about our conference, I just want to go through just a couple of the other specious arguments, the the uh, the arguments that the hospitals love to talk about, which um, uh, they use to help justify continuing certificate of need. The one that I I really love um, has to do with uh, the fact that they're trying to say that if you diffuse health care outside of the major hospitals, you're actually making health care outcomes worse because if you concentrate care in, in uh, facilities that, quote, know what they're doing, that the outcomes will be better. And yeah, that's right. And this is a, this is a slightly newer argument. Um, and so the basic uh, idea here is, remember, the certificate need process does not assess the quality of caregivers. Uh, it's not about that. Um, so how do they claim that it increases quality? Well, the basic idea is that, um, okay, if we have certificate of need, then there will be fewer health care providers, um, but that will mean that more procedures will be channeled through fewer facilities, and therefore the facilities and the people in those facilities will gain some expertise, uh, and therefore they will be uh, better providers. Um, there's, you know, there's an element of paternalism here. I, I happen to live in a rural community in, uh, you know, uh, northern New Mexico, and um, the, uh, you know, the idea that we, I would be better off not having a facility at all, uh, so that I could drive 
200 miles to uh, the city facility, I find a little paternalistic. But in any case, um, you know, the theory is not terrible on its face, but it does um, apply against, um, you know, other pretty good theories, which are uh, uh, basically that uh, competition tends to increase quality rather than decrease quality. So um, a colleague of mine, Thomas Stratman, um, conducted a study uh, here a, a couple um, last year, um, and, and it's a really actually clever, very clean study that tries to get at some causal um, analysis. So what he did is he, he um, used the fact that uh, in many states, hospital um, uh, markets actually cross from uh, in, there's there's communities where an entire market uh, spans the, a con versus a non-con and a non-con state. And the nice thing about this is that when you do that kind of a study, you're able to control for all kinds of factors that are otherwise um, unobservable, that are difficult to see. Uh, so they, um, they did this careful uh, design, and what they found is, first of all, the uh, hospitals on the con side of the uh, border uh, did not have any higher quality care. Um, but secondly, they actually found that on a number of dimensions, they seem to have lower quality care. So, for example, uh, there seems to be uh, higher uh, readmission rates um, for uh, certain kind of conditions and higher mortality rates. So, um, there. Uh, deaths from treatable complications following surgery, uh, mortality rates from heart failure, pneumonia, and heart attacks, all are statistically significantly higher on the con side of the border than on the non-con side of the border. Uh, they also looked at um, a subset of states that have uh, require lots of certificates, certificates of need that require four or more. And they found among those states uh, the same results held, but a few other factors showed up, such as um, even just the patient's subjective ratings of the hospitals. The patients on the con side of the border were um, statistically significantly less likely to rate their hospitals a 9 or a 10 uh, relative to the uh, non-con side of the, the border. Well, you know, I think that, what I'd like to do before we go on is just kind of uh, summarize for everybody who is listening who, again, may still be a little bit fuzzy about certificate of need and why this is an important concept, why it's important to them. I'd like to just kind of summarize this and put this into into a neat little package. Certificate of need is a, um, a law that, that, um, is, uh, that is giving... Um, large hospitals and a market advantage in keeping competitors out of the marketplace, and that's resulting in monopolistic um, uh, institutions. It's and and when you have a monopoly, you have higher costs. There's no price transparency in in uh, large hospitals. Everybody knows that they can go into the hospital two people can go into the hospital with the same problem and come out with two completely different um, bills for the the an identical procedure so this is this is a uh, a a big giant mess the hospitals benefit the patients don't and those who hope to fix this problem by offering services at a lower cost, possibly a better product, 
better quality, better outcomes. They're prevented from doing it because of these laws. Is that pretty much uh, a good summary, uh, Matt? I think that's a great summary, yeah. <laughs> and, and on top of it, there's evidence to show that there are um, alternatives that exist in non-CON states um, where the uh, product is better, the quality is better, the outcomes are better, and the satisfaction is better. One that I love to talk about, and we've done this on this show numerous times, is um, uh, a facility run by my good friend Keith Smith in Oklahoma City, the Surgery Center of Oklahoma. Are you, are you familiar with that? I am a little bit. As I understand it, he actually has the temerity to uh, post prices, right? Oh, my God. How dare he do that? (laughs) Yes. He posts prices. So the patients can go to that website. They can look up the part of the body that is the area of interest. So let's just say that you have a shoulder issue and you put your mouse over the shoulder and a whole drop-down menu comes up with different shoulder procedures and then you click on one of them and it tells you the procedure and it tells you the price. But what happens if they find that it's more than they said it was? It turns out to be a more extensive procedure and they have to do more. You think that the patient is going to get socked with a bill um, because there's some hidden charges, that's not the case. Whatever the cost that they tell you it's going to be is the cost, and they do mm-hmm. what needs to be done, what what the right thing to do is. And, and guess what? They actually are fabulously profitable. Not only are they fabulously profitable, they've got board-certified doctors, great surgeons in Oklahoma City who are calling Keith on a regular basis begging to participate because people are calling from all over the country asking if they can book their surgery and Keith has a list of surgeons that he looks at and select and matches up a surgeon with a patient and uh, this is this is what is possible but not achievable in states with certificate of need laws yeah, that's right. And, you know, the interesting thing, one of the, the more uh, innovative arguments you run into, and it's a very common argument, is, well, look, um, maybe it would be great if we had a, a free market for health care, but we don't. Um, and since we don't have a free market in health care, since there are all these other regulations that maybe are, are, uh, we'll admit are bad, um, then we need this additional regulation. Um, and... You know, they'll point to the fact that the price system doesn't operate very well in healthcare, and I absolutely agree it doesn't. Uh, they'll point to the fact that there are all sorts of distortions, and I absolutely agree that there are. But, um, you know, adding insult to injury is not really a good uh, economic uh, policy. The idea that just because we have interventions, um, you know, A through Y doesn't mean that we need to add one more uh, Z. Exactly, and that, that's that's very well said. And um, and what I have maintained and I have written is, you know, if we've got a bad system, we shouldn't look to uh, find ways to strengthen that bad system. We should look for ways to maybe open up a channel for people who are looking for something better. 
and right. and that and that's and that's where getting rid of certificate of need laws would be very helpful. And so, moving on with with this, um, how has uh, how have the uh, efforts to try to fight back against certificate of need laws gone? Well, you know, the interesting thing is most of the states that got rid of their certificates of need um, did so almost immediately when the federal statute went away. Um, And then other states in drips and drabs have done it since then. Um, It's interesting to look at some states like Pennsylvania that got rid of its certificate of need law. Uh, And there have been some people who said, you know, maybe we should bring it back. Perhaps to the chagrin of their colleagues in other states, um, the Pennsylvania Hospital Association actually opposes efforts to bring back certificate of need laws. They have adapted to the new situation, um, and you know, at this point, now that they're no longer protected from competition, um, they're not really sure that they they really want to have these laws anyway. Uh, so it's it's um, there are a few states that are moving in the right direction. Last year, New Hampshire. Um, eliminated its certificate of need law. Um, just a couple of months ago, West Virginia eliminated certificate of need for a couple procedures and uh, eased the, um, did some reforms, not particularly ambitious reforms, but they were reforms. Um, and there's about 15 states right now um, that are actively, um, you know, have pretty heated debates and are close to uh, having some movement on this. Florida, for example, um, their House passed legislation that would have eliminated basically all of their certificate of need laws except for that for um, uh, nursing homes. Uh, It never got a vote in the Senate before the end of the session. Uh, But the governor, the Speaker of the House, and the um, majority leader in the Senate, uh, three gentlemen I don't know Florida politics particularly well, but three gentlemen that, from what I understand, actually don't necessarily see eye to eye on a lot of things. Um, they all agreed on the, the problems with certificate of need. So uh, you do see a number of states where there seems to be some interest in reforming. You know, the the, the efforts to um, fight back against uh, the entrenched interests uh, who want to see certificate of need continue those efforts have been uh, entirely uh, geared at the legislative uh, 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 approach, trying to uh, prevail on the, um, the, I guess, the, the good nature the, of the legislators to do the right thing or, or their, or their um, you know, just, just the, the trying to make the arguments that that Mercatus has has so uh, uh, ably been able to uh, to uh, uh, help uh, elucidate to show that uh, that the previous arguments have been have been uh, founded in in uh, you know in in, uh, in in fallacies and in falsehoods and so. So is there is there I know that there are some lawsuits that are are uh, uh, pending in some states, Georgia being one of them, where which I um, wrote about at the beginning of the uh, Wall Street Journal piece, a couple of obstetricians who are uh, suing the state of Georgia over restraint to trade. Is, uh, is have there been any efforts that you know of from a legislative standpoint to fight back? 
or from a, from a judicial standpoint? Um, you know, that's the one I was going to mention. Um, there's an interesting phenomenon here. A lot of states um, have on the books provisions in the Constitution, that in the state Constitution, that in, you know, my non-lawyer reading of it look like they, they make these things unconstitutional. Uh, they are they have various names. Uh, one of them is uh, that, uh, that I think is relevant in the Georgia case is something called a um, anti-monopoly clause, which basically says the legislature shall not um, pass any law which creates a monopoly or encourages cartelization. Uh, other states have things called um, gift clauses, which say, which say that the the, um, the the state cannot do anything that essentially grants a gift to a firm or an individual. It, we, we should actually uh, promote the general welfare rather than the specific welfare of you know special interests. You know what, Matt, we're at the hard break right now. We're going to get to the last segment in just a second. We'll finish that Sounds thought and, and, and finish this whole topic of certificate of need when we get back in the last segment in the Doctors' Lounge. So stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docs4patientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Thanks for staying with us. This is Dr. Hal Schurz on in the Doctor's Lounge on America's Web Radio. Um, we uh, are closing up our uh, 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 talk today with uh, Matthew Mitchell from the Mercatus Center at George Mason University. We're talking about certificate of need why this is important to you, why it is killing competition in healthcare, increasing costs, and decreasing access to care. Um, Matt, I cut you off. We were talking about uh, uh, possible judicial challenges to CON, um, and, and you were talking about anti-monopoly. Yeah, uh, well, you know, it's just as well you did because uh, I, I don't claim to be a legal expert. But, uh, you know, my understanding is that... Um, these statutes and um, provisions in the state constitutions, a plain text reading of them suggests that these things are um, 
unconstitutional in a lot of states. Um, the curious thing is um, a lot of courts have basically adopted the policy of, or the practice of deferring to the legislatures and saying, you know, we don't want to second-guess what the legislatures think, say is constitutional or not, and so if they want to do it, we'll just let them do it. Um, so there are some cases right now, though, that are, that are sort of testing that. Um, yep. The other thing I'd mention is um, there are other um, entities that are pushing back on this. Um, at the beginning of our conversation, I mentioned that the that antitrust authorities and the Department of Justice and the uh, Federal Trade Commission are pretty active in pointing out whenever a state legislature is... Uh, uh, evaluating this, they can invite the FTC and the DOJ to come in and, and offer their opinion. And these are people who study, uh, they study monopolies, they study cartels, they have no interest, you know, financial interest in this, um, and uh, they're really a pretty impartial uh, judges of this. And for several decades now, in both Democratic and, and Republican administrations, the FTC and the DOJ have taken the position that this, these things are anti-competitive. You know, I think nobody knows about this because there is, uh, it, it, first of all, it's very complicated. It is one of those topics that is, quote, in the weeds. Um, and uh, And if people understood how this is hurting them, I think that this would really uh, create... Uh, quite a stir, and that's and that's really what I'd like to end on. That's what we're trying to do. That's what Docs for Patient Care Foundation is um, attempting to do by by um, trying to raise awareness and bring this issue to groups that don't even know about it. And two of the groups that um, don't, I think, um, really are being hurt. Um, are, are the primary uh, losers because of certificate of need. That's the business community, and that's patients, the, the patients themselves, who you said earlier are hard to mobilize. It's easier to get a couple of large hospitals to throw some millions at, at uh, legislators, much harder to get uh, 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 grassroots together to try to uh, uh, tell legislators why they, they think that these laws should be overturned. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. And, uh, you know, one of the interesting things about this is the hospitals have come up with so many arguments for why Khan is, you know, wonderful. And they are, you know, really happy to just shift to the next argument once the last one has been shown to be wanting in um, both theory and evidence. Um, And so... Kind of like uh, you know, trying to debate Jello. It's just constantly um, a, sh- a shifting um, uh, ground, and it's it's uh, they know the details of their industry pretty well, and so the typical consumer or would-be competitor just is sort of um, at a significant disadvantage. It's the old adage. It's the old adage. If you can't dazzle them with your brilliance, baffle them with your BS. <laughs> and and so you know the groups that that I, you know my my the the point that uh, I think is important to make and and f- you've got to fight fire with fire and the the hospitals win because they have so much money and so much clout and so you know and and it's very hard as you said 
the if you are going to win that that battle, you've got to get an an adversary uh, that is just as as powerful, just as influential. And I and I think that that has been missing in the efforts thus far fighting CON. It's been done at the policy level a little bit mm-hmm. at the at the at the um, at the uh, uh, judicial level. Um, you've got some doctor groups, some doctors who are trying to open up their own uh, centers who are fight, fighting. It's like tilting windmills. Yep. The group that's been missing, that that really is, is I think the a bigger group than the hospitals is the business community. You know, 40% of businesses in this country are actually uh, RISA plans. They're self-insured. And, wow. and, um, and, when you sit down with businessmen and explain to them that their 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 um, their uh, healthcare costs, which is often the so- single largest line item on their P and L, if you um, that's their profit and loss statement for those of mm-hmm. you, as Rush Limbaugh says in Real Linda, um, the um, and you explain to them that wouldn't you just love to see your health care costs come down? Well, you, don't you think if you had increased competition, you had uh, lower cost uh, um, alternatives to hospitals? Because right now what's happening is health care is being driven into the most expensive place in the health care delivery system, which is the hospitals. And so, right. and so if you have... So- yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I want oh, no, you to talk. No, I was just going to say, if we can talk about costs, I think that would be really nice because the argument there is particularly um, specious in my view. So, um, you know, imagine that there's a rule that says uh, uh, you are going to limit the supply of any product. I don't care if it's uh, pizza or cars or um, coronary bypass surgery. Basic economics say, says that's a supply shift, a supply restriction that is going to raise the per unit cost. Exactly. So when you think of cost as a human, you in, we intuitively think of cost in per unit terms. What's the cost of a well child checkup? What is the cost of a coronary bypass surgery? And we need to think of it in per unit terms because we have to think about what's the value that I as a patient get in return for the sacrifice of my, of my dollars. Right. Now, anybody who's taken e- Econ 101 knows that a supply restriction is going to raise the per unit cost. Um, so how could they possibly make this argument? Well, the, what they do is they actually shift. They don't talk in per unit terms. They talk in total spending terms. Now, this is a little different. This is not saying how much is a well-child checkup it's saying, how much does my family spend on, on all well-child checkups in a year? How much does my family spend on health care in a year? Now, when you shift to talking about total spending, it is theoretically possible that a supply restriction might reduce it. And the reason why is pretty intuitive. If there's only one, you know, if there's a supply restriction on pizza shops and there's only one pizza shop in town, yes, the average pie might go up. Uh, the price of the pie might go up to $100 a pie. But it's also possible my family will spend a whole lot less on pizza because, one, the price per pie is higher, and, two, there, isn't, or there aren't as many pizza shops around. It's, I don't have access to it. But no one would ever pretend, even if, if my family did spend less on pizza, no one would ever pretend that we were better off for that. 
it's quite obvious that what economists call consumer um, surplus, but what normal people would just call, you know, the family's welfare, it goes down when you have less access to a product that people want, and when the access you do have to it, it leads to higher prices. Um, but this is the, the essential uh, sort of trick that they make. And so they'll, they will go to, um, you know, self-insured employers, and they'll say, oh, you might spend, end up spending less on health care. That's, tr- that, that's po- theoretically possible because you might end up uh, restricting your employer employees' access to care and leading them with only expensive options and so or per, per unit costs that are higher. Um, so, uh, you know, that's the argument. And they, they sometimes are able to convince fiscally conservative state legislators of this argument, but it doesn't, it doesn't hold up. Now, the interesting thing is I, I looked at 40 years of studies on this. I've looked at over, over two dozen um, studies of the effect of con on health care. Even though it's theoretically possible that you might spend less if you, um, you know, in, a, in a given year on health care if you have a supply restriction, it doesn't show up in, in the data. It's also, of course, theoretically possible you could spend more, and it turns out that empirically um, the balance of evidence suggests that states spend more per patient per year uh, when they have con rather than when they do not. Well, you know, Matt, this has been a great show. We're at the end of the show. We've taken a topic that's really difficult to talk about, and I think we've broken it down quite well and explained for people why they should care about certificate of need. We're going to we're gonna um, uh, follow up on this show after our meeting in Washington, which I think is going to be terrific and, and really raise awareness. So I want to thank you and all of the work that you've done at uh, Mercatus. How can people learn about the work that you're doing at Mercatus? Sure. Just go to uh, Mercatus.org. It's M-E-R-C-A-T-U-S dot org. And uh, there you can search for Certificate of Need, and you'll find um, about a half a dozen studies uh, assessing the effect of Certificate of Need on all sorts of things that humans uh, might want, like access to care and lower cost and higher quality. Great. And I highly commend all the work that you've done to everybody who's listening. Matt, thanks for being with us today. I enjoyed it, and I hope you did too. And, uh, I did. Great. And, and thanks for staying with us, and uh, look forward to seeing you next time in the Doctor's Lounge. This is your host, Dr. Hal Schur, signing off. Thanks again. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you.